episode of the Double Comma Club with your host, Nicole Ruth of the Ruth Team, the number one lending team in Colorado. So, Jacob, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Well, I want to introduce you. So Jacob Mueller is with Atlas Real Estate. And today I wanted to bring him on, not as a realtor per se, but as an advisor, as an investor, uh, as that confidant, that A-team for so many clients that he gets to work with. So Jacob, let's just kick this off because I know a lot of people, we've been talking about investing a lot, and especially with interest rates starting to go up and the price of homes going up, people are saying, I can't find a deal in today's market, but you're finding deals not only for your clients, for yourself, and you're finding them in today's market. Talk to me a little bit about what you're seeing. Yeah, that's a great question. How do you still find deals? One of the biggest things that I always look for, regardless of market conditions like interest rates and prices and all of those things, as an investor, I'm always looking for opportunities to add value. So whenever I'm looking at investment opportunities, some of the stuff that I look at is square footage, two bed bath count. So this is one of the things I use when I'm just scanning, because I actually, find, I just bought a deal off the MLS like three weeks ago, maybe. There are still deals out there, but what I'm looking for is ways that I can add value. So there's kind of some basic general criteria that I look for that is very much tied to the Atlas investment thesis. Things like you want to buy in the path of progress, you want to buy on a 20 year market, uh, you want to buy a property that's going to cash flow once you stabilize it. So we use those investment principles as kind of the main criteria. And then once we have those outlined, we're going to go deeper. And the main way that I go deeper when I look to add value is the square footage to the bed bath count. And if there's more square footage than the bed bath count implies, what that says to me is that there's uh, an inefficient use of space in that unit, that rental. Could be on both sides of a duplex, could be on both sides of a fourplex, could be just a single family home, doesn't really matter. But what I do is I look for those properties and then I look at the picture because I want to look more closely and I'm going to start to explore and say, is there a way I can maybe add another bedroom? Or maybe I could add a half bath or I could add a bedroom and a bathroom, or maybe there's a way I can split this property into two. Let's say it's a single family home and it's zoned to be a duplex. Is there a way that I can efficiently do that with my capital? Um, and so that's what I look for all the time, whether for myself or for clients, that ability to add value through bedroom bath count or to maximize the square footage is something I'm always looking for. I love that because I've never heard it put in that phrase, right? Or in those, in that context, as far as optimizing the square footage with that bath and bath count or mm -hmm. bath and bedroom count. But it's such a great, we did that for both of our boys. Caleb had a four bedroom, two bath. We converted a big rec room into a fifth bedroom. And Elijah Dude. had a three bedroom, one bath, and we turned a rec room in his house into a master suite. So awesome. now it's a four bedroom, two bath. Exactly. All the difference. It would not have cash flowed nearly as well the way it was originally configured. That's exactly right. I, I love that you bring that up. And one of the things, so I know that we see a lot more of this even in Colorado Springs in, in the market that uh, you're in heavily, but we're seeing it a lot in all of the markets. How do I optimize an ADU or how do I optimize or can even tell if I can convert the downstairs yeah. into a basement? Are you looking for additional ways to bring in revenue on the same building? Absolutely. And I would say 
every area is very uh, unique and specific. So you're gonna wanna be really careful with, anybody who's listening to this, you wanna be really careful and make sure that you're following the rules appropriately. I can only speak for Colorado Springs, that's the market that I work in, and there are a few other mountain towns that I work in as well. But in Colorado Springs, we have two different things in Colorado Springs. We have what's called an accessory family suite, an AFS, and we have an ADU, an accessory dwelling unit. We have both of those options in Colorado Springs. Now an AFS will not have a second address, it's mostly for a live-in family member to be there. In fact, the city actually will make you sign an affidavit saying only a relative or family member is gonna live in this space. They won't get their own address. It has to have an interior connection between the main house and that unit, okay? Now those can still be used on short-term rentals. There's a little gray area here, a little loophole where you can actually, when you sign that affidavit, it's only for long-term leases. So you can still do a short-term rental with an AFS. The second thing that we have is an ADU. An ADU is a separate address. Uh, it is, you know, what almost like almost like a duplex, but it's mostly like a house and cottage. You kind of have a main unit and a smaller unit. A duplex, generally speaking, the units are the same size, same layout, or very similar in that way. So that's the difference between a duplex and a house with an ADU. In Colorado Springs, those can uh, exist in any zoning in fact we just passed a new ordinance trying to increase density which i want to talk about for a second going back to the value out of the square footage the reason we do that the general principle of that is that the cities are growing and they're trying to increase density so when you're increasing density what you're trying to do is increase the density of living spaces or bedrooms inside of your property so as cities grow that's essentially what we're doing on a much minor scale same thing with these ADUs and AFSs, we're increasing density. So in Colorado Springs, we, you can have an ADU for any property. There are obviously restrictions on lot size and size relative to the existing house and setbacks. And there are all kinds of rules, of, rules around it that you want to make sure you understand, but it can be really effective. In fact, one of my favorite strategies is actually to do both. There's no rules that bar you from doing an AFS and an ADU. So for instance, I just bought a property in July with the fairway team actually. Um, and it's a, it was a single family home with an unfinished basement with an interior access. So I'm gonna finish the basement, make it a separate living space, rent it out on Airbnb, maintain the interior access so it qualifies as an AFS. And then I'm gonna build a garage with an ADU that has its own address. So effectively I'm turning a single family home into a triplex. That's brilliant. And that's something that I know I talk a lot about in today's market. If you have to pay more than you did a year or a year and a half ago, because everybody is, then how do you optimize the number of units? And I do get this question a lot. I want to throw this in here because it's not a one-off question. I get, I get it consistently is can I use that AFS in your case and the ADU as rental income when I go to qualify for that next purchase or when I do a refinance on that purchase or a refinance on that property? And the answer is no. So we can only use as many rental income opportunities as there are legal units. So you talked about the difference between a duplex and a home, a single family with an mm -hmm. ADU. I just want to make that distinction as well because that's something sure. a lot of people ask. And if it's a legal duplex, two units, I can use the rent on that second unit. If it's a single family with an ADU, we cannot. But you know what's super cool about that, Nicole, is actually I still can because my short-term rental is actually flowing through a business. So the business pays me separate. That's a completely different tax return, right? That short-term rental income is going through a business 
And I use some of that business income to help me qualify on my uh, tax return. It's not going to come from the property or be tied to the property specifically. And then I use my long-term rental income from the ADU to offset that property specifically. And that's tied to that property, but I can still use the income from the short-term rental to qualify for loans. A hundred percent. And I am so glad you brought that up because mm -hmm. we actually do talk about that as well. Um, when you have that ADU on your tax returns for that full year, we can absolutely use that. And I so glad that you brought that up as well. So yeah. any other strategies? So first time, let's just think about maybe, maybe they have an investment property, but it's a converted investment from a primary home that they own. So they weren't intentional in purchasing an investment or even really intentional in purchasing a primary to make it an investment. But now they want to, now they want to take advantage of some of this the growth opportunities that we've had in real estate, what advice would you give to those first time or first move up investors? That's a great question. And to be honest, it's really going to vary for everybody because every asset is different and every client is in a different position. But generally speaking, what I see when I talk to somebody who's, let's say they bought a house, they lived in it, then they decided to move and they also decided to keep that house that they first bought as a rental. Generally in my experience, they have a lot of equity in that property, whatever it is, because it's gone up a lot in value and they've been paying down the debt. And oftentimes that equity doesn't make sense to stay in that property, but rather it makes more sense to sell that property and go buy one, two or three new investment properties, generally speaking, because you can get a better return on your equity. Now, that's not the only way, uh, but it is generally what I, what I come across when somebody's kind of become an accidental landlord. The second way that you can still take advantage of that equity and still own that house, maybe you've got some emotional tie to it, or you just really like that house and you don't want to sell it, you still want to access that equity. And you can do that through a cash out refinance. There are HELOCs available on rental properties through commercial banks. Um, but generally speaking, you don't want to use a HELOC. You want to use a cash out refi um, or sell that property. That's generally what I come across and replace that property with something that's more intended for investment use. Fabulous advice. Fabulous advice. I think that that converted primary can be a good way to, for somebody to dip their toes in, but most times it's not a home that you want to turn into a rental because it just doesn't cash flow as well. Exactly. It, the equity is not giving you as good of a return, the, the value you have there. And the second point on that is if you've lived in this house two of the last five years, you can sell it and not pay any capital gains. So you don't even have to do a 1031 exchange. You don't have to worry about all that tax nonsense. You can just sell it and receive uh, all that cash tax-free up to a certain limit, of course. Talk to your CPA uh, about that because your situation may be different. But generally speaking, you won't have to pay any tax on the value that's gone up when you sell it. All great advice. What a wealth of information. Jacob, I'm so appreciative that you spent some time with us today. Because I know that, and this didn't even begin to answer all the questions, but it's the opportunity that it begins to explore. And that's what I wanted to open up with you today. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Nicole. You've been listening to the Double Comma Club. Never miss an episode. Subscribe at thedoublecommaclub.com or your favorite podcast venue to hear more success stories, get free tips on how you can get on the path to becoming a millionaire through real estate at any age. If you enjoyed this, you might also enjoy our YouTube channel. Just look for The Roof Team on YouTube or visit our site, therooftheam.com.